Warning, Mombies will discuss information regarding true crime or other topics that are spooky in nature. This may be offensive to some listeners. For more information on the potential trigger warnings in this episode, please review our show notes and be cautious when listening. I'm Beth. I'm Christina. And I'm Holly. And we're the Mombies. That's a great question. Weird. Just just absolutely strange. How do you even do that? I feel like that's gotta mean something. Something. Hello, spooky humans. Welcome back to the Mommies Podcast. I'm Beth. I'm Holly. Wait, are you? Nope. <laughs> I'm Sally. You know what? When I'm driving, and I do it so much that my children know who Sally is, whenever somebody comes in front of me, they're always Sally. It doesn't matter if they're a man, woman. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I always just like, come on over, Sally. So now the kids at first would be like, why are you calling them Sally? Do you know them? I'm like, no. <laughs> just think it's funny. Why are you calling them Sally? How do you know their name? I'm like, I don't. Who is she? Did you go to school with her? What's... Yeah, I did. Yeah. I let her over because I'm nice. <laughs> Sally, you're welcome. Yeah, nobody liked her. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we get started, let's talk Bingo and Boogie. Bingo and Boogie! Yay! Uh, so, our first ever live event, in case you've missed it, is happening Saturday, October 22nd at 7 p.m. I think doors are going to open at 6 o'clock. Tickets are $25 in advance and $30 at the door and can be purchased on Eventbrite. Uh, we've shared the link on Facebook, or you can just go to Eventbrite and search for Mombies or Bingo's, Bingo and Boogie or whatever. Uh, as of right now, Bingo we still have tickets available. But that's today as we're recording. I don't know what it's going to be like in a week when you guys hear this. So hopefully they'll still be available and I'm not lying to you. Um, They just went on sale today for the public. Our patrons have already had their chance to get their tickets early. Uh, And there's only 40 tickets total. So unless we get some humongous number of people that are wanting to come and we've got to get a bigger place, there's 40 of you get to come. Yeah, so so don't slack. um, Don't wait to get your tickets. This is a 21 and up event. There's a cash bar available in the next room to us, and you can bring in your own food and non-alcoholic beverages to snack like while you're waiting or playing or whatever. Uh, we're in the planning stages for raffle items and bingo prizes right now, so if you want to donate a raffle item or basket, please contact your closest mombie. We'll be raising money for a true crime cause to be announced later, so we'd love to have lots of items to raffle and raise a lot from our first event. Absolutely. Yes. And this won't be the, this won't be the last one. No. This is just dipping our first. toes, all right? This is the beginning. We're talking about other types of events, too, so it'll be different stuff sometimes. Um, I also wanted to give you guys an update about where people are listening to the podcast. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, I'm the stats gal, so I'm, like, always checking the numbers, looking at what's happening, annoying the piss out of my co Keeps us updated. Yeah, I'm oh, like, we hey, fucking love it. Hey, guys, just so you know, we got another download today. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but that's what I do. So uh, as, uh, the locations is my favorite thing to check because it's just so fucking cool to see where we're being downloaded. And sometimes we'll like, like, especially in the beginning, we would guess like, oh, we have someone in this city 
do you guys know anyone in that city? Or, you know, oh, that's definitely my sister. She's in that city. Yeah. She's definitely, you know, so, but some of these cities now, especially, we're like, hey, we don't know anybody there. Or we oh, don't know yeah. anybody in that country. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we are in 202 cities, I think it was as of today. 36 U.S. states, 17 countries, and we are on five fucking continents. Woo! Holy shit. Uh, it's crazy amazing watching that grow and watching as soon, every time like especially a new country comes in we're like oh my god guys like the other day it was Australia Australia so, we're so fucking, fucking I'm like I definitely don't know anybody in Australia I definitely don't but I want to can we be friends whoever you are in Australia listening um, and, and Australia has some really good fucking cases so. right into us so I have thought too about like looking at some of the bigger cities obviously you know if you're in Missouri that's our top because that's where we're from. But uh, some of this, the areas that we're not from, you know, I, I, I worded that really weird. But, you know, looking at like right now, Arizona, there's a lot of in Arizona because of the Stephanie Wasilition case. So uh, I've thought about maybe we should start as, as those cities grow, maybe we should start picking out like, oh, we haven't done an episode in that city yet. So let's do it in that city because there's oh, a lot I of listeners like there. That. Um, or at least in the area. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll do something because I like fucking checking those stats. So it's exciting. Um, So we're really excited to keep sharing with you guys, to get our live events going, um, to start like raising money for causes within the true crime community, to bring awareness to unsolved cases, and just to see where this takes all of us. We couldn't do this without your support and love. So thank you for listening, for sharing with your friends, and for all of the things you're doing to support us. You are all valued, appreciated, and loved. Aww. We love you guys. Thank you. Yay. Okay. So mushy shit. I think that I think that's it. I was gonna tell a story about my husband, but I don't want to talk about him. So <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a nice story. I was gonna give him props, um, but well, fuck it, how you fucking have to. I don't want to talk. For, Everybody's talk gonna for be. Uh, keep okay. Fuck. So 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 for my birthday a few months ago. Um, for anybody who doesn't know me personally, my parents have passed away. Um, I was raised by my mother and a stepfather, which I didn't know he was a stepfather until I was grown. But that's my dad, and then. Um, my, my biological father is also passed and I never got to meet him. So for my birthday a few months ago, my darling husband took old family videos that I haven't been able to watch in a long time because they're VHS fucking videos. And who the fuck has a VCR anymore? And uh, he got them digital, some of them digital for me so I could like hear my mom's voice. She's been gone for 11 years now and it's hard. So, um, so I could listen to her voice and my dad's voice and it was really cool. And my grandma, my grandma's on them too and she's fucking hilarious. It's amazing. So um, I got to be bored with some of those. I was just going to say I got birthday. to watch some of those. It was so sweet. Um, watch my mom flip off the camera every 30 <laughs> seconds. It's good times. So um, it, it was really, really neat and an amazing gift. So uh, two nights ago, we had Bunko. And when I got home from Bunko, there was an envelope in my bedroom on the dresser. And my husband's like, oh, that's there's an envelope there for you. And I pick it up and it's from my sister. From So my biological dad is the parent that we share. So I uh, I was like, why, why did my sister send me something? He was like, I don't know, open it, see what it is. Because he's a fucking lying liar Aww. face. So I open it up and it's a CD of, and it says it's a graduation. And I was like, what? I don't understand. What is this? And he said, well, remember when you, and I'm probably going to cry, so sorry guys. He says, um, remember when you were saying you'd never got to hear your dad's voice? And that sucks. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, I contacted your sister and asked if she had anything that had his voice on it. And she, you know, mentioned this graduation from her high school graduation. And she and her husband 
uh, like jump through all these fucking hoops to get a copy of this graduation fucking DVD for me. Um, and it was like a lot, like they had to contact, I guess it was the company that did it or something, or maybe a company they did it through. I don't know to fucking get it. And then had to get the copy of it and, and then had to like have it transferred to DVD or something. Fuck it. It was like this whole big thing that my sister who I've, I've only known now for two years, um, that they went through to get this for me. So last night when I was finally not overwhelmed by it, I got to watch it. There's not a whole lot, but I got to hear my dad talk and I got to see him, walking around instead of just seeing a flat picture of him so it was really cool oh my god so my husband's a giant pain in the ass um but i love him and that was really awesome so that's the fucking sweetest <laughs> oh so was it so props. amazing it was really amazing it was really cool did he cool sound how you think he was gonna sound i don't know i don't know if i thought i mean i don't know i of course i got emotional because i was yeah. like well it fucking sucks that they're not here you know whatever but yeah um it was pretty cool it was cool seeing my sister at that age she was so fuck. I mean, she's still so fucking cute, but she was fucking adorable. Um, I got to see her mom. I haven't met her mom. Okay. I got to see my, my biological grandmother was in the video. I don't think that she was speaking in any of it, but she was in there. So I got to see, I was like, that's my grandma. That's my grandma. So, um, so it was pretty cool. It was really neat. That's amazing. So I still have it. So I'm can, not, can yeah, I'm it. definitely watching that. <laughs> yes. So, um, thank you to my sister. I love you. And thank you to my brother-in-law. I love you too. Um, Okay, anyway, that I just, yeah. I don't think I can follow that with anything, so let's jump into that. <laughs> you win. All right, so today we are discussing the story of Susan Kuhnhausen. Now, Holly, you said you are not familiar with the case, right? No, I mean, I just looked it up just to read the little tiny brief thing. I didn't even expand it. I, I it does not sound familiar to me. So we'll see. Maybe you'll get in. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Fabulous. Well, I kind of hope that you don't because that's I, yeah. my favorite is when you don't know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about and you get to be surprised but uh so are you ready to hear the story of susan kuhnhausen yes all right yeah the look on your face makes me feel like yes this one this one's a good one i really like this one this one's very fun fun it's fucking horrific because it's <laughs> you get you know it i meant uh, i'm definitely gonna get letters now uh on Bring september it. 6th 2006 okay so not long not long okay. ago 51 year old er nurse susan kuhnhausen left work and headed to the hair salon she read her O magazine while she waited, got her hair done, and then drove back to her home in Portland, Oregon. When she got home, she came in through the mudroom at the back of the house, and she found a note from her husband of 18 years by the microwave. And my nose is running because I just told the story about my husband. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the note said that Mike was stressed, and he couldn't deal with all the issues in their relationship, so he was going to take a trip to the beach. Oh, now okay. the, the issues he was referring to had led the couple to separate. Okay. And Susan wanted a divorce, which Mike was pretty upset about and did not want. And she was pretty insistent that it, it was time to get a divorce. There were different things. Like uh, one thing had said there had been like emotional abuse or verbal abuse. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of information about it. And really it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Right. They were divorcing. So, Uh, So Susan unlocked the door to the kitchen. She turned off the alarm system, walked through the house, and back out the front door to grab the mail, which she stood outside and flipped through because it was a nice day. And then she came back inside. When she came back into the house, she kicked off her shoes, and she walked down the hall to her bedroom. She noticed that her room was darker than usual. She typically opened the curtains in the morning, and she kind of wondered to herself if she'd forgotten to do that this morning. It was then that a man came out from behind the bedroom door and lunged at Susan. What? Yeah. 
The man was wearing yellow gloves on his hands and carrying a claw hammer. Oh my god. No. I already have goosebumps. Uh, I was gonna say that sounds like a, a nightmare, like what you would make up in your when you're sleeping and right. just being like, oh. and you're and you're walking through your fucking house, and this guy is is behind the bed. What the fuck? Oh my god! Like what you think every single time you're walking mm-hmm. into your bedroom, yeah. even as an adult. I'm like, there's definitely somebody behind there's somebody the door. In the, <laughs> somebody in the basement. There's somebody in the basement. There was somebody there at this time. Was, oh no. So Susan knew from the self defense training she'd gotten, along with her fellow nurses, that it would be. Oh, that it would remove the force from her attacker's blows if she was close to him. It was a fucking typo. So she like crowded up into his personal space, got really close to him, which most people don't think of. You think you're going to run away, back away from them, get some space, but then they can swing better. So the first hit landed on her fucking temple. (gasps) No. He hit her in the temple with a claw hammer. What? So Susan began screaming at him as loudly as possible. Who are you? What do you want? He gave no response and he kept coming at her. Oh my gosh. Now this guy had about five inches on Susan. Another article said it was more like two, but regardless, something like that. And according to the Willamette Week's coverage of the attack, Susan had two bad knees. And and, and a man coming at her with a claw hammer. (laughs) but what was on her side was that she outweighed him by about 80 pounds according to one article and she attempted to use that to her advantage slamming her body into him gonna flap my dead weight because i mean think about how much like a dead weight two-year-old is i mean right feels like 100 pounds fucking slam into him yes but he didn't fall over like she hoped he would instead he pushed her up against her bedroom wall and said the only words he would say to her this whole night you're strong Ew. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. So in that moment, it really dawned on Susan that this guy was going to fucking kill her. He didn't come here to rob her. He didn't come over for tea. He was going to kill her. She had no idea who the hell this person was or what he had against her. Did he have a mask on or she could? No. No. Okay. Um, but he was here to make sure she never left her house again. So she pushed him again, and she asked, who sent you here? When he didn't respond... What a weird thing to ask, though. She must have had some idea of something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's a weird... Because I I would definitely not be saying that. Right. I'd be like, who the fuck are you? Right. Or I would either be screaming bloody murder, or I would just be like that frozen, like... uh, Right. I'd be trying to get that hammer so I could go for his balls. That's what I'd be doing. That's not how you get men down. That's... Yeah. That's, that's, anyway, um, balls. <laughs> so, <laughs> balls. You guys haven't listened to that. Become a patron. You're patron, missing out. You can hear balls. Uh, so, when he didn't respond to her, she wrestled with him for the hammer and she managed to get it out of his hands. Hell yeah, you did. She hit him in the head with the claw end three to four times before he snatched it back from her. Oh, yes. Then. She grabbed him by the throat. She yelled again, who sent you here? As she watched his face turn red, then purple, then bluish purple, before she got scared and let go. <gasps> oh. She ran out the bedroom door, but he caught her in the hallway. Oh, no. He spun her toward him and punched her in the face twice. The first splitting her lip and the second dropping her to the floor. You bitch. Right? Fucking piece of shit. As she looked up at him, standing over her, wielding the claw hammer, 
she knew she was going to die. But she wasn't going down without a fucking fight. Somehow, Susan managed to pull him to the floor with her, knowing she had to get that hammer away from him. Once she had him down there, she started biting him, thinking that when he killed her, it would be proof that he'd been her attacker. Oh, you boss. Yes. <laughs> she bit him on his side, his arm, and his thigh before biting through his zipper and getting his genitals. Yes. <laughs> I literally have in my notes, in all caps, she bit him in his dick. Yeah. Yes. Yes, lady. You're number one. Right? Can we just talk for a second about what a fucking legend this woman is? Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking incredible. Get it, Susan. So while she's gnawing on this motherfucker, she's literally rifling through his pockets to find his ID or something else she can toss under the bed like to make sure that they know he was there. Wow. So if you're going to kill me, you're not fucking getting away with it, which is amazing. She's a true crime? Right? I'm like, she must be, she must be it. <laughs> uh-huh. The nurse's station, like... Hey, I mean, and I'm here? sure, too, if she's taking self-defense classes and did all that stuff, they probably talk about some of those things yeah, also. Yeah, And they're taking those because, unfortunately, nurses get abused by patients, which right. is a fucking horrific fact, but a fact nonetheless. Um, so how badass do you have to be to just have the wherewithal to be trying to leave evidence as you fight for your life? Like, that's just so amazing to me. I know we've talked I was about... Say, there's another story Was it Lisa McVeigh sure. that, that did that as well, I think? And then, um, of course, there's other stories, but I just, it's fucking incredible that you're thinking about that. I just feel like I would be, I like to think I would be a badass. I feel like I would probably be like just cowering and going, please, please don't. Please, please don't. don't kill me. So how, that's just incredible. Um, <laughs> I said, I'm so incapable of doing two things at a time anymore that I couldn't even come up with a fucking comparison, like to doing those two things at a time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, let's move on from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of these days I'll sleep again. It's not today. So now these two are in a fucking hallway on their sides, like struggling with each other. And at this point, they've been fighting for like 15 minutes. Now, here's your reminder. I know we're only like 15 minutes into this episode, but this is an overweight 50-year-old woman with 51-year-old woman with bad knees that just got off the shift as a fucking ER nurse. 15 minutes yeah forever right i am an overweight 39 year old stay-at-home mom without any bad knees and i am tired just thinking about what she was enduring on this fucking floor also after being hit in the head with a claw hammer i forgot about that part um obviously not in my brain but in my notes so this man had to be in for the shock of his pathetic excuse for life when he started when she started whooping his ass (laughs) it just had to be like what the fuck are you doing, man? Die. Like, come on. Nope. So, you, you know, he thought she was going to be like the easiest target ever. Right. <laughs> no, he was wrong. So she threw her leg over his body, pushed herself up on top of him, and hooked her arm around his neck. Oh, my gosh. This is my favorite part. She yelled right in his face. Tell me who sent you here, and I will call you a fucking ambulance. <laughs> it's like, O-M-G. Right? That's, yeah, I want to, yeah. Yep, yep. His only response was to growl at her. Well, he's like, I can't talk because you're choking me I, I was going to say, probably because he couldn't <laughs> breathe. So, uh, Susan tightened her forearm against his throat until he went limp. She grabbed the hammer, and she ran to the neighbor's house, and the neighbor called 911. And that 
the little bit that I have from that went like this. The neighbor said, we have an intruder in the house next door. The intruder was in the bedroom with a hammer. The woman who lives there thinks she may have strangled him. He was down when she left. And the dispatcher said, can you put her on the phone? The neighbor said, she's bleeding. The dispatcher said, does she need an ambulance? And the neighbor said, no, she's a nurse. She says, call an ambulance for the guy. He may be dead. Oh my, yeah. (laughs) You know what though? Ooh, I'd be so scared too though if somebody was knocking on my door and they were like, hey, there's this crazy man across the street. I'd be like, could you you go over to Bob's? (laughs) You you have to go to Bob's house? Click of the lock and you're like, I'll call 911 for you. You just stay out there. You know what? But they like say sometimes it happens like somebody could like just to trick you. You know how hard that would be like, I'll just just call for you. You just wait out there and there have definitely been situations where that's happened where people have broken in that way Mm -hmm. or tried to so hopefully maybe she just knew susan right oh i'm sure regardless it worked out thankfully susan was not a good person and she let her that's right and it it worked out uh it turns out susan was right the dead intruder in her home was identified from his wallet that was in his back fucking pocket as 59 year old ed haffey Fuck you, Ed. Sounds like a a douche name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So a toxicology report would later show that Ed had a near lethal dose of cocaine in his system at the time of the attack. Because I'm guessing why he kept going after four fucking hits to the oh, head with a claw end of a hammer. Gosh. <laughs> Uh, He was a Vietnam vet with a history of criminal offenses that included a nine-year stint in prison for arranging the murder of his ex-girlfriend. Okay. I wonder what... Does he know her? Did he know her? I'm almost there. Tell me! (laughs) You ask all the right questions. (laughs) So about nine months after he got out of prison, he'd gotten a job cleaning the floors at Fantasy Adult Video, which is listed as a bookstore in most articles. Who had hired him at the bookstore? None other than Mike Kuhnhausen, her husband. Okay. So if you need more evidence about who hired him for this job, let's talk about what Susan found in her basement the day after the attack. Uh, She had come back to the house with a friend to grab some belongings when the friend noticed a strange backpack sitting in the basement. Inside the backpack were a container of Hershey syrup, $200 cash, diabetes medicine a planner and a paycheck stub okay so we're gonna have the hershey's for your diabetes right (laughs) all right he's gonna use that to wash the pills down this will be the easiest thing to bring yeah uh in the planner there was a note on september 4th so two days before the attack to quote call mike get letter Mm, uh oh A manila oh envelope God. also in the backpack listed Mike Kuhnhausen's new phone number. Oh, you silly boy. <laughs> you should hire smarter people if you're going to fucking do that. You brought Jesus your Christ. whole fucking driver's license with you. He was so confident. Are though. you fucking nuts? He was so confident that this was going to be easy that he literally just brought everything with him like a fucking dumb, dumbass. Like, what the fuck? You have all of it dumb, with you? Dumb. What? Here's my ID. (laughs) Excuse me, I have my ID. Here's my social security card, my birth certificate. Here's a picture of me. Here's a note that I wrote that says I did it. Here's the signed confession from Mike. We both signed it. I'm the witness. Um, 
So Mike's note about going wow. to the beach was at least partly true. He had checked into the Lincoln City Inn that afternoon. Yeah, because he was card. trying to off his wife. Of course. Ex. Nope. Wasn't his ex-wife yet. Oh, he didn't wife. have the balls to do it himself, though. He had somebody else do it. So he checked in using a credit card, of course, so there's a paper trail. But apparently that evening he'd come back to Portland, and the next day he'd purchased a 357 Magnum at the Silver Linings Pawn Shop. On September 8th, two days after the attack, he left a suicide note at his father's house saying in part, quote, all I ever wanted was to be loved, and every time I had it, I fucked it up. Boo. Right? Nah. That's hard, because I'm like, Ugh. fuck you. Right? Fuck you. Yeah, you definitely trying to kill the person who loves you would definitely be fucking it up. Also, abusing that person beforehand, also definitely fucking it up. Mm-hmm. Yep, all of those things, dude. Um, police found him on the morning of September 13th in the parking garage of Kaiser Sunnyside Medical Center, where he claimed to be checking himself in. Quote, I have nothing left to live for anymore. So I guess he was trying to take himself in, like, because he was suicidal. Okay. I guess is what they were trying to say. They That's didn't really... how I was taking it. Yeah. Uh, he was placed on involuntary psychiatric hold for 11 hours before being arrested for conspiracy to commit murder. Turns out he had lost his job a few weeks prior. He had no place to live. And Susan had made her brother the beneficiary of her life insurance policy. Oh, snap. So they said in one of the articles that the one thing that he would have gotten would be their home, the home that that this guy broke into, uh, which was worth like $300,000 and was paid off. Okay. So he'd have a place to live and it's paid for. I guess, I, I guess they're thinking that's part of the motive. So Mike told the police he didn't know Ed Haffey until they pulled the employment records that said otherwise, at which point his story changed to, well, just because I know him doesn't mean I'm involved in this. Uh, <laughs> no, you're involved in this because you're involved in it. Right it's always the husband or the wife and i was just listening to a podcast that was talking about how that like it doesn't happen as often as you think and then here you're talking about one where money something like that that that's mm-hmm. part of the motive that's crazy yeah yeah it's, it's fucking wild um so the evidence uh said differently than what he was saying there were no signs of a break-in at the Kuhnhausen home, and records from the security company showed that someone had disabled the security system while Susan was at work. Uh. Mike said he did it while dropping off the note, but he denied letting Haffy in the house. But how the fuck did he get in there if she turned the alarm system Why off when she got home? Why would he disable it? I'm guessing he's saying he disabled it, then walked in and left the note. But, oh, okay. But it did yeah, say, too, sense. though, it said that she came in and got the note and then came inside and disabled it. Right? Like it was it was in the mudroom, so mm-hmm. I guess the security system wasn't over the mudroom or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, but then this guy was inside the house, so someone had to disable it to let him in, and he didn't break in, so how the fuck else did he get in? Uh, right. So they so it was armed, so that means he was just standing in there, not moving? I guess. Stand behind that door. Don't fucking move. I'm going to turn the alarm system on. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. But Don't. we're talking about 2006? Yeah. So maybe not motion. Well, yeah, probably still motion. Who knows? Um, So a former cellmate of Haffey's said Haffey tried to get him in on a burglary and insurance scam and that Mike Kuhnhausen had been the man that offered him $5,000 to kill his wife. 
that guy, $5,000. That cellmate declined the money. Uh. Another witness said he'd driven Haffy to meet Kuhnhausen at Applebee's in the parking lot before the crime was committed. It also came out that Mike had told his daughter's boyfriend that he couldn't face losing everything as he did in his previous divorce and that, quote, anyone who'd be willing to kill his wife would be well compensated. What the fuck? Are you... Are you... I don't even have a good word for it. I was going to say nuts, but that's not. He told everyone. Your daughter's boyfriend? Was that what you said? Yes, his daughter's boyfriend. Is that her mother? No, it's or, not her okay. mother. It'd be her stepmother. <laughs> my, what the fuck? But still, my God. You didn't like, drag your daughter. That's gross. Tell You're everybody. Fucking, fucking tell everyone. Let's just tell everyone that we're going to do this. All the people. I love that. I love that that many murderers are f- stupid. Right. Thank goodness so Kunhausen's daughter told police that she'd seen her dad and Haffy together in the days before the attack so there goes I didn't know him I mean they'd already ruled that out but so Haffy had told acquaintances that he planned to kill a man's wife for $50,000 half up front and half after the murder was completed so that was in 2006 on August 30th 2007 Mike pled guilty to hiring a hitman to kill his wife whoa as part of the plea plea bargain fucking hate plea bargains (laughs) He received 10 years for conspiracy to commit aggravated murder. According to the Associated Press, Susan spoke for over an hour on the stand and said, quote, I blame him, Ed, in some measure for what he did, but I blame you more. She also said, quote, as long as you live, I will never have a measure of peace, but I will not be destroyed. And as she held up crime scene photos of her bruised and bloodied face, she asked him, quote, you told police that you found out I was okay. Do I look okay? Wow. I would just be feeling so good up on that. Fucking brave as Wherever, shit. sitting up there, whatever that's called. <clears throat> so also in 2008, Susan was awarded with a Civilian Medal of Heroism, which is given to honor people for heroism, life-saving skills, or distinguished service. Oh, yeah. Again, the same year, she sued Mike for a million dollars for emotional distress and won. Yes. She yeah. did this not because she wanted the money, but because she didn't want him to be able to afford another fucking hitman. Oh my gosh. She's just trying to like keep herself safe here. Uh, so this is such an amazing story because of how completely badass and incredible this woman was in such a frightening situation. But we can't forget that even though she survived, this changed her whole fucking life. Oh, sure. She has to live with taking another person's life for the rest of hers. She appeared on Anderson Cooper's show in 2012 and said, quote, it was horrible. In fact, it's the worst thing about this situation. It's not that someone tried to kill me, but that I was forced to kill another person. Of course, no one, including Haffy's own family, blames her for taking his life. A letter from Haffy's aunt read in part, quote, Bill's nephew was loved by his family when he was a child. However, his unlawful actions when he was grown deeply disturbed the family. There was no excuse for his illegal and dreadful deeds. And although this was a terrible thing that happened, no one in this family has any hard feelings towards you. You did what you were forced to do. And in doing so, you spared many from the same trauma that you experienced. We wish you well and may God bless you. Oh, my. Oh, how hard would that be to to be his family and know? Ooh, some um big humans and but this. that's a that's that's for, I'm sure that helps some. Oh, I'm sure because if no you're a good person, you way. didn't want to do that. Right. And she tried the whole fucking time. Right. I'm sure she wasn't just saying it when she said, "I'll call you a fucking ambulance." Just like basically to stop, just fucking stop. Right. Let's get you out of this. But with all that fucking cocaine in the system, I'm quite sure he wasn't really hearing her anyway. Oh my god. 
Um, so Mike was set to be released from prison in September of 2014 because of good behavior. Only eight fucking years after he hired a hitman to murder his wife. Yikes. Man, you can't. And that's the thing with that. You can't move on because eventually they can maybe get out. And then what? Then what does she do after that? Right. When you've said it before, how your plan was to kill her. Just because it failed doesn't make it less sinister. Yeah. That's what you plan to do. Why the fuck are you getting out and in the first place? It seems like he should he should then be responsible for Ed? No, yeah. he's Ed. Ed, no. Ed is, Ed's the guy that was yeah. died. He should be responsible for his death. Mhm. Because yeah. what you did, that's how it that resulted in Absolutely. his death, whatever that is. That is that what is that? I don't know. I can't remember what. Would that be manslaughter? Yeah. Would that be considered manslaughter? I don't know. I can't remember the word I'm thinking about, but yeah. There's also, I know there's a law. I don't know if it's everywhere. And obviously I know a lot about law because I can't even fucking tell you what it's called or anything else. But there's, uh, we there's are experts. some kind of a law, something, somewhere, something that uh, is like if you, if someone dies while you're in the, com- in the commission of a felony, like while you're yeah. committing, so like if you're, you know, I don't know, uh, breaking into someone's house armed and then someone dies as a result, there's, that's something. Yeah. And it's makes it worse or I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. It's some, what like an aggravating circumstance yeah, of some kind. His, right. I feel like he should be getting yeah. some kind of charge for his. And death. I mean, you're in the middle of a felony. You're hiring someone to kill someone else. And yeah. then because of you hiring them to kill someone, they died. They died. So, yeah. that's, that should be, that should be on YouTube. That should be two murders is what you should be charged for. Mm-hmm. Not a murder and an almost murder. Yeah. Or whatever. Exactly. You should be charged for two fucking murders. But you, tr- Right. So those people are out for like blood even more and you're letting them out sooner. I wonder what kind of numbers there are for that. Like how many um, violent crime criminals get out? What percentage of them then cause more violence? Yeah. Or what percentage come back after the person? Right. Like in this kind of a Mm -hmm. situation. Because it does happen where they try and then it fails for whatever reason. Well, that's something you, you would just have to continue to think about and think about and think about. Yeah. So she was obviously terrified that when he was released, he or someone else was going to come for her again. So she made countless changes to protect herself, such as laying down gravel around her house so she would hear people approaching, changing up her driving routes, sitting facing the door at restaurants, going to the gun range to practice shooting, putting together a run plan so she could go into hiding at a moment's notice, and even setting up a will in case she wasn't able to survive the next attack. Oh, my goodness. Uh, she was quoted in the Willamette Week as saying, quote, I'm doing a life sentence for picking a bad husband. Oh, that fucking sucks. Because, yeah, that's the trauma you have to think about, too. Yeah. You're married to that person. Yeah. You're just going to have somebody fucking kill you. Yeah. And she talks a lot just like divorcing you, you son of a bitch. On the different, because I saw a few different things that were like interviews with her and stuff. And she talked about how, you know, she just wished that he could have gotten the help he needed so that he could have accepted the love from the people who loved him. And she was yeah. including herself in that every time. Yeah. You could tell that this was a person that she cared about and she was sad that it came to what it came to. It wasn't like, Oh, I just fucking hate this man. Right. It was like, we're no good together. We need to split up. I'm not happy. And then he just lost it. And then she's just like, I just wish he could have gotten better. Mm-hmm. And he had you a know. catalyst of other things yeah. obviously happening there and lost his shit. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's just a, a sad situation. Then you think like this woman also has to deal with. So she's having to deal with the just the trauma in general from what happened. Right. With the fact that she had to take someone else's life in self-defense. 
And then on top of that, this is a person that she fucking cared about. Mm -hmm. And then she has to deal with all of those feelings, whatever they are, I can't even imagine, of this person that you cared about fucking hiring someone Did to they have, have children kill. together they didn't have any children together i, I think okay. they said he had two from a prior relationship the daughter and i don't i don't know if the other one was a son okay they didn't say a lot about the kids um one thing did say the daughter's name and i just chose to leave it out that, because yeah it's yeah not necessary. but they did not have children together that makes that easier yeah yeah um so on friday june 13th 2014 92 days before his pending release, Mike Kuhnhausen died of cancer. <gasps> Whoa. Jailhouse letters show that he never took responsibility for his role in the attack, stating that he only pled guilty to avoid a longer sentence. Uh-huh. Okay. So that makes me wonder, what, would, he, would he have come after her again? Yeah. Would he have been so fucking angry that he tried again? I mean, obviously, I'm not, you know, happy that anybody dies, you know, for his family or whatever else, but I'm sure happy that she didn't have to fucking think about that anymore. Oh, absolutely. Because that is, you know, once he comes out, then then her life's kind of over. Right. That would take over everything. Yeah. Something you saw, like, uh, have you seen Enough with Jennifer Lopez? I have Lopez? not seen Enough. Oh, that's going on our list to watch together. It's incredible. It's kind of, yeah, I'm not going to say anything else because we'll watch that together. Yeah. It's a good one. Okay, we'll watch it. So Susan Kuhnhausen, now Susan Walters, has used the precious life she fought so hard for to help others. She remained a nurse until December of 2014, and somewhere around 2017, she worked with the district attorney's office in Multnomah County to create casecompanion.org, a website dedicated to follow uh, a person's offender, their sentencing, and their release information. This information can be difficult to track for victims, but it's critical in keeping victims safe. Uh, so the site currently says it's under maintenance and to check back soon. So it didn't seem like it was like gone. Uh, and it has phone numbers on there to help obtain the information needed, which is so awesome that she was able to be so instrumental in getting that made. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's it. That is the incredible survival story of Susan Kuhnhausen. The most badass survival story I feel like I've ever heard. Go, lady, go! <laughs> I love that. I, that was a good one. I mean, I'm sorry for that guy, but oh, yeah, of don't course. break into people's houses and try to kill them, and then right. you probably won't get killed. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to go uh, uh, a little bit more up, uplifting. I, obviously, we don't talk about uplifting things, but a little bit more uplifting since last week was a bit heavy. I thought we'd go with something that was like, I don't know, lighter. Obviously not lighter for her, but lighter because it didn't end poorly for the victim. Right. So. Man, that's crazy. That's All right. so crazy. My turn? Your turn. All right. Jokes with Holly. You're not on the rights to see these jokes. Ready? We're still, it's still almost Halloween, man. Don't <laughs> care what day it is. It's Halloween. Here we go. Why did the ghost go to the bar? I don't know why. To get sheep-faced. <laughs> I like it. Get it? Sheep-faced. Sheep-faced. <laughs> You're welcome. That was a good one. Uh, as always, you can find pictures to go with our episodes on Instagram at Mommy's Horror and on Facebook, Mommy's Horror Podcast. You can watch videos and answer true crime questions on TikTok at Mommy's Horror. You can join the Mommy's Horror Disco- Discord. I can't say it, yeah. but you can join it for case discussions and to share your favorite true crime and spooky memes. I put up a new spooky meme today because I found one that oh, thought was shit. hilarious. Oh, shit. It didn't even tell me you did that. Uh, and if you want to support us financially, you can do it on Patreon and be rewarded with early episode releases, ticket pre-sales for live events, and bonus episodes like we mentioned earlier, the 1920s family jewel heists. Yes, that means testicle thefts. 
And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review on any of your podcast players. It only takes a few seconds of your rating or minutes if you're reviewing, and it helps push the podcast out in front of more people, um, gets us noticed, and gets us on those like top podcast lists. So, you know, I mean, we're probably almost there. So uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, spookies.